three, two, one. We are on the air. This is Thesis. I am your host, Jay Marie. I want to thank you for joining us today. We are on the road again today. We got lots to talk about. Let's jump right in. A couple editorial notes. Um, we are working on getting better tech uh, so we can have better sound quality. I'm sure you've noticed uh, the ups and downs and the volumes and uh, we're still working on it, but we're getting it all together. We're working with what we got, um, but here soon we won't have to be worrying about um, uh, the quality of the audio. Okay, so just hang tight. Hang tight and we're, we're going to get through this. All right, uh, coming to you live from Zombieland. I call it Zombieland because we are on lockdown, quote unquote, in Dallas County, which you, a lot of you are out there in your own counties and respective cities for the for the outbreak of Corona. We had a great show. Uh, on Sunday, got to visit with a couple of buds of mine. <clears throat> Excuse me. We had a great time. Hope you've heard that uh, and enjoyed it. Uh, I wanna talk to you about a few things. Uh, I stayed up last night doing a little research. Oh, another editorial note. We're, um, I'm going to start diving in into certain subjects. Um, I have planned here, um, I'm sure you've heard of uh, The Art of War by Sun Tzu. Very, very interesting book on many fronts. Um, I might touch on that today a little bit, but I want to I wanna get notes down and delve in a little bit so I can kind of focus in on certain parts of it. Um, we will be hitting that soon. Also, I was thinking of of doing a, a show just on Plato's Republic, where we can dive into some of his ideas in the Republic. Uh, so I want to talk to you. I hear people here in Dallas. So at the store, so it's not it's not a complete lockdown. It's a it's a, a honor system lockdown. They put out a list, uh, the county put out a list of what they considered essential workers. And I mean, the list has, it's long. It's, I don't know, 40 or 50 different um, that they listed out, but they also, they also include um, support um, uh, for, for the, on this list. So like, for instance, construction people, you know, construction people can work, home builders, plumbers, electricians, and all that, and companies that offer support or products and whatnot to, to these. So there's a lot of residual areas also, but it's clearly, it's clearly uh, listed on, on the list that if you, if you or your company, you know, are a part of this bigger scheme of things, then you are considered essential. So, I mean, there is, there is people on the road People are still hanging out. I went to the park yesterday, ran, 
Um, there's a lot of fear out there. Some of the friends um, that I run with uh, were thinking that 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 they were going to shut the parks down, and uh, I hope it doesn't come to that because people need uh, uh, to get out of their houses. And what better place to go walk around the park uh, in the afternoon? So it's not martial law. It's a it's a taste, somewhat a little bitty taste of it, but not quite because uh, the only difference is martial law involves military. So, but the lockdown situation, the stay in place, shelter in place, those type of things are kind of part of what martial law would look like, other than than soldiers um, being. In control of, of city functions. Oh, that's a big difference. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, the big difference is military takes over civilian authority. That's martial law. So it would be like the army or whatever running, uh, taking over the, uh, the mayor's office or the police department. So it's a ser- it's serious business if it ever if it ever. If something to, were to ever get to that point, uh, we're talking serious business then. So yeah, we're not under martial law. It's called technically a secure in your home something. But our company uh, made the cut, so we are out here, and we thank God for that. You know, as I was on the socials, um, I'm starting to notice something, and it's funny. Uh, it's not funny, but human behavior is is really particular in certain ways. Oh. It's really particular. Because on the socials now, I see some people, it's not, it's not a trend or anything, but this idea of you see someone outside and you put them on blast because they're selfish, because they're out there and, and you don't know if they're on their way to the store. You don't know if, if you know, because in your mind, it might be something like they're just hanging out or driving around. You have no clue what they're doing, where are they're on their way to buy some baby food. If they're on their way to work, you have no idea. Yet you, you in your own mind develop this idea that this person who's not locking himself in his house for whatever reason is being selfish because he's out and about putting each other on blast. And then, you know, I was a little worried about this. Um, the city of Dallas put out a number, the code enforcement number, and you heard us talking about this uh, yesterday's show. And I've mentioned it before, where, where they want us to snitch on our neighbors. They want us to, if you see a group of more than 10 people, they want you to call the code enforcement and report, report them. I'm not doing that. I am not going to report my neighbors, my friends, even strangers. We are all in this together. We're all suffering together. 
and for me to get on my socials and start putting people on blast, calling them selfish when I have no clue where they're going, what are they doing? Even if the guy is just standing around outside, what, what, what problem is that of mine? People looking to report each other. I've seen a few instances of it on the socials, mind you. I don't know. I haven't heard any anecdotal evidence out here, but on the socials, I see folks getting angry. So now there's this division. Seems like how easily, I'm sorry, how easily we get divided. Now there's this division. There is this division among us uh, by those who are complying and those who aren't quote-unquote, complying, the selfish ones who are putting their family at risk. You know what? I don't have to explain anything to anybody. I don't have to explain anything to you in, in, in a generic sense about why I'm out here or why I'm at the park or why I'm at the store. I have no reason to explain anything to you questioning me why I'm out here. You think I'm selfish? It's your opinion. This thing is getting a little bit out of hand. The way people are, are, are reacting, responding. I don't know, I, I, don't, I don't have to answer to anybody out there. And just to think that, 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 you're gonna get put on blast because you're outside of your house. Like, who cares? Go ahead, blast away. These things are so superficial. And yet, this is what we thrive off of. We thrive off of division. I say we, in a general sense, I don't. But people do. And it's how easily we align ourselves. I'm also noticing sort of another division and it's kind of like the truthers <laughs> or or uh, what was, like denier, you know. Are you a, a, a corona truther or a corona denier? Like what? If I if I don't if I don't buy into the panic, am I a denier? Is that is that put me in the selfish category again now because I don't buy into the exaggeration that's happening around us? coffee. Sorry. Does that make me selfish? Does that make me an uh, um, a-hole? Right? Because I don't buy in completely. I don't surrender completely. I'm not going to live my life in fear. Virus, no virus, contagion, whatever. I'm not going to live my life in fear. Let's think about this. Okay. So, let's move the cursor. Okay, Latin on the on one of the other shows I was talking about how my mind works where I can see a timeline. So, let's see. Let's try to work let's try to work through this a little bit. So, you I want you to use your imagination of a timeline. You remember how the timeline looks? The way they taught us at school. So, let's just look at the present time. We're not going to go way back in history at this moment. So let's look at the timeline. So today, 
if I'm hanging out at the park, let's say, right? If I'm if I go to my friend's house and there's five or six of us, seven, eight, nine, ten. Today, I'm an asshole. Uh, I'm stupid. I'm selfish because I'm putting people at risk, or anybody who does it. Okay, that's today. Now that behavior of of going to see your friends or hanging out or going to the park, that particular behavior is is common. It's natural. It's something that we do every day. That's how we live. So let's slide the timeline. So today you're a jerk, you're selfish if you do that and you want to kill people. But if I slide it back two weeks ago, no problem. It's all good. No problem with hanging out. No worries. See? But because of the panic and, and this idea that's put out there, sure, we want to be safe. Like I said, I'm not going to live in fear. But I'm supposed to I'm 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 supposed to change my whole way of, of mentality, of my whole way of thinking about others, about my neighbors, thinking about people who I see out here. You know what I want? I want everything to get back to normal. I want everybody to go back to work. I know what it's like to to be on a really, 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 really tight budget. I understand that. And I don't hope that on anybody. People who are furloughed, laid off because the store is closed or, you know, they don't know when they can go back to work. I want them to go back to work. I want society to continue how it normally, how it normally works. But panic, man, oh man. Nothing good comes out of panic, I tell you what. I'm not going to live in fear. There's no way of knowing. You can, by reducing your contact with people, tech, I mean, um, you can look at the numbers and, okay, your possibility of, of catching a virus or something, it's going to be very low because you're not out and about. Fine. But even still... How could we ever, ever possibly know where, when, or how we would have caught anything? Let's say even the flu. How could I, how could I possibly ever know if the person I rubbed up against in the line at the store had the flu and gave it to me? How would I ever know that? How, how could I possibly, how could we possibly ever detect when transmission of something like that happens? No clue. Because these are, these are microscopic. The viruses are microscopic. We can't see them. Somebody sneezes in your face, <laughs> that's a different story, right? But see, are we supposed to continue? Am I supposed to continue living the rest of my life thinking about everything I touch, every guardrail, every handrail, every door handle, walking into the store? I am not going to live that way. That is no way to live. 
I am not going to live in fear. The world is going crazy around us. The world is going crazy. And I choose not to participate in that. I will observe. I will think about what, what's going on. I will think about what's good and proper for my life, my lifestyle. And I will continue on. And, I, and so should you. Don't let fear run your life. We can't live in fear. That is not who we are. That is not who we're meant to be a fearful people. We are strong, we are resilient, we adapt. We are Americans. Don't live in fear, it's not good. You know, something interesting, um, I wanted to jump to a couple of things that I've spoke about on prior episodes, and maybe I can touch on them a little bit. Um, I was thinking about it and uh, made a couple notes. <clears throat> Pardon. So when we talked about um, the, the, the religions or, or the Bible being a sort of, of a uh, operating system where where all or most of humanity can all get under a certain patterns of behavior uh, so we can all be on the same on the same level of, of um, let me see um, okay so okay, I'm sorry let, let's back up a little bit when, when we're on the road so our system of roads and our and our system of driving, they give us a test to make sure we we, we know how to drive, right? And that in, and and um, includes ways of that we turn, when or when not to turn, speed limits, all sorts of stuff. So when we're on the road, see. So when I'm on the road, I focus on what's ahead of me the car in front of me and also I keep an, uh, a, a good eye on my surroundings what's coming behind me taking a look towards the side streets that might intersections you want to stay vigilant because just in case you want to maybe you know you miss somebody looks away and so you never know right so we want to be vigilant when we're on the road but do you notice that for the most part, when you drive around, you're not driving around in fear. You're not scared of, of everybody crashing into you. You're not scared of everybody running red lights. Why? Because the system that we trust in, the system, our driving system, our road system, the, um, our system of, driver, uh, of, of giving licenses to those who have proven to be able to follow certain parameters while operating a mortal vehicle, right? So what that does, it puts me at ease as an individual driver. 
because in my mind, I don't have to worry about every intersection that I pass that I might get T-boned on the side while passing the intersection. Why? Because the faith in the system that was developed, thesis, the faith in the system allows peace of mind on my end. So I don't have to worry about every single car. There's, look, I'm, I'm, swiv I'm, sw I'm swiveling my head around and just within my eyesight, there's hundreds and hundreds of cars on the road, the parking lots, of the stores, wherever. Hundreds just within my eyesight right now. And having faith in and trust in the system that it is a proper system of, of driving rules puts me at ease because now I don't have to worry about every single car. Now I can focus on what's in front of me and be able to spot the anomaly. So the guy who's speeding, everybody else is going regular. And the guy who's speeding, the anomaly is going to stick out. And uh oh, what's this? And boom, we react, right? Because all, mostly all of the drivers are on a, on a equal level. Um, so, uh, so the anomaly it's, itself sticks out. And I trust that everybody's going to stop at the red light. I trust that people are going to take proper precaution when entering the roadway, crossing the street, all these things. So the system has allowed that. So, so then let's break it a little bit. Um, the system i.e. the operating system, the driver manual handbook, whatever, whatever it's called, allows us some peace of mind because we trust that everybody that's out here is going to basically follow all of the rules that are in that book, most at least, where, where I don't have to worry, where I don't have to worry my head off about being killed by by uh, someone crossing the red light. And when we think about, when we think about the Bible, going back to, let's say the Bible, for instance, it allows for the same thing to happen, <clears throat> but on a, on a national level, on a community level, on a family level, we're not perfect. <clears throat> Pardon me. We're not perfect. But if we, if we all follow these particular guidelines and we trust that most people around us are following this particular set of guidelines, then it, could, it puts me at ease because I don't have to worry about every single person that I come across on the, on, while I'm at the store or in the park or interact with even on the roads or, or wherever. It brings peace of mind. The faith in the system brings peace of mind. So even in society, the anomaly uh, will stick out. 
Now that now getting into specific and particulars, then that could be a whole different show about the psychology and everything. We know people are good at hiding and uh, as far as who they really are and criminal behavior, psychopathy, all these things. But we're not going to get into that right now. But what allows me, what allows us to go into a restaurant on the weekend with our family or a loved one, um, to go in, enjoy, peace of mind, not have to worry about getting, I don't know, just, just look around the world. You know, a lot of societies are, are dangerous. Um, lots of societies, there's just mayhem. Because I, I think, and I, I've spoken to my friends about this, and I think I want to tighten up a little bit on, on the articulation of it is in the societies and the nations that are struggling, that are dirt poor, that are crime ridden, that have corrupt government, corrupt police, corrupt armies and all of that. In those societies, they don't have faith in the system. They don't have, they don't operate under a uniform operating system. And if they do, and if they do, and and society is in a is in a peaceful society, then there's a problem with this with the operating system itself, with the with the uh, the coding of of said system. I hope I'm not. I hope I hope this is uh, understandable. Esteem. What allows us to go to the restaurant on the weekend and not worry about craziness is the faith in the system that we've adapted in the West. Judeo-Christian values, okay? Remember, we're not pushing religion here. This is just, we're looking at ideas. And, of course, this is my opinion. But we're going to investigate it. The reason why in the West, and the reason why the West has, has prospered, is because our coding in our operating system, i.e. the Holy Scriptures, the Holy Bible, Christianity, our coding is much more superior than other codings in other systems. I think you can see what I'm, what I'm trying to say there. And I... And I trust wholeheartedly, I trust wholeheartedly that statement. That's why you can go sit down at the restaurant with your family. That's why you can walk around the park. Now, yeah, sure, some neighborhoods are sketchy. 
some areas are sketchy. But see, that is not an. The reason why areas, let's say, certain areas are sketchy in the city is because for some reason, I, there's a larger, there's a larger group of people in that area that don't, um, that don't adhere to the system. Let's put it that way. So the reason, the reason certain areas there's high crime is because people are not adhering to sh the shared value system, ideal system as the rest of the people. Sorry, I had to drink my coffee. So when we look at, we talked about the way we drive. We trust when we're on the freeway in a 2,000 pound vehicle made out of metal and stuff with gasoline. I mean, it's literally a 2,000 pound bomb. You know, it could be flying down the freeway at 75 miles an hour. The reason we can do that is because we know, we trust that we are all adhering by the same guidelines, that we are all adhering to the same code. That we are all that trust in the system is what brings us peace. What which allows the trust in the system is what allows us peace. Hmm. Thesis. In the scriptures, here's a, here's one of the things that we are going to get into. I am going to do some research. I got. I want to have notes and everything ready to present to you when I when I hit this. But this is part of the thesis of my thesis. So, in the scriptures, in the holy scriptures, God is 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 described as He who brings order out of chaos. I prefer to say it something like that which brings order out of chaos. We can use the we can use the he, the personification, but we are constantly reminded in the scriptures about how even God exists and I'm and I'm gonna say God in quotes, right? Because we're exploring the idea of God. 
So God exists outside of time and space. So whatever God is, is greater than all of it together. So that's why I think it is, I, that's why I, I say that which, because it explains, it, it, it kind of focuses in a little bit more, that which makes order out of chaos, that which created the universe, that which governs over all creation. Let's go to the first one, that which makes order out of chaos. If we didn't have a standard book, a driving standard, it would be chaotic on the road. So what brought order to this chaos? The code, the guidelines, the driver's handbook that puts us all on the same level playing field. That which makes order out of chaos in this instance is the code. That which makes order out of chaos in society, the scriptures, the code of behavior. Those are, inter those, are, those are the ways that we need to start looking at things. I personally do. That's how my mind is just churning away and looking at these ideas and looking at these, these things and trying to put them in, in, in a coherent, uh, coherent way to be able to explain it to people and, and articulate those things. By adhering to the driver's handbook, we're all safer. By adhering to, let's say, the Holy Scriptures, the Holy Bible, makes us safer. Because now my faith in the system is allowing me to not have to worry about the guy who's walking next, next to me, that I'm going to be robbed. Unless I have an, in, an intuition or a premonition about him, <clears throat> or he sticks out the anomaly. Because he's hiding, he's wearing a hoodie, he's creeping. These things, anomaly. The system, operating system. I have trust in our systems. And, and if the system was no good, it, it, systems evolve. They evolve for the better. Because if something is not working, in any particular system, it gets rooted out or it gets changed around. If there was a serious problem with our standards of driving, we would have... It, it <clears throat> okay. When something is good and proper, it lasts. When something is not good or proper, it doesn't last. Now, and, and I mean this in the most general sense. It, it's almost like a product. If your product does something amazing, 
that everybody uses, everybody needs, everybody wants, your product will survive. If it doesn't, if nobody wants it, nobody likes it, it's, it's crappy quality, whatever, that product is going to disappear into oblivion and just be a footnote to a footnote to a footnote to a footnote if everybody ever even remembers it. Same with ideas. When an idea is good, it lasts. It stands the test of time. These behaviors that are, that are talked about in the scriptures have lasted the, te the test of time. have been molded over millennia, have been worked on. That is why the standard still exists. Because if that standard was no good and all it caused was disaster and pain and disruption and disorder, it wouldn't last. I want to throw this out there and maybe we'll touch on it a little uh, a little bit later. So while we're on this whole that which makes order out of chaos, um, that which created all existence and that which governs over all existence. Let's touch on that a little bit. That which governs. What is math? Is math, math is a, is, a is a truism. We learn it, we didn't invent it, it exists in nature already. It is what it is, right? Math is what it is. Nobody invented it, it is what it is. It's a, it's a truism, it's a fundamental um, natural law, let's say, like gravity. Fundamental. It is what it is. It governs over creation because math is important. Everything has mathematical properties. It is what it is. You can't change it. There's nothing you can do in any, any, there's nothing you can do to make two plus two equal five. Why? Because it is a truism. It is what it is as a system itself. It's a natural occurring thing. You can't change it. It is what it is. Same thing with physics. Well, we're learning about physics. So some of the sciences, we're still learning about these things, but they're getting a better idea. Like when we look at biology, how a tree grows from the seed and the dirt and the nutrients and the water and the stem, it grows into trees and the light and the sun and the chlorophyll, borophyll, <laughs> all of these things. It, it is what it is. There's nothing we can do to change it. Now, through science and, and labs, and sure, we can modify it, whatever, but that's not what I'm talking about. It is 
what it is. How interesting. It is what it is. Where have I heard that before? It is what it is. Nope, not quite. But do you know? I'm sure you know. But if you don't, we're gonna ex we're gonna explore it a little bit. So Yahweh, that's one of the names that they give God. Translates into "I am that I am." Sounds pretty close to "is what it is." Let me explain how I got there. I am that I am. Kind of that to me is saying it's it's explaining existence being existence so even if humanity wasn't here to see any of it, it it still exists even if we if even if my eyes aren't here to see it it still exists outside of me it is what it is existence being i am that i am and in other parts of the scripture, it also describes God as the same today, yesterday, and forevermore. Let's look at that again. Same today, yesterday, and forever and ever. I am, right? So he, the great I am, right? Okay, work with, uh, here, follow me through. I am what is what was and what will be. That's a description of what God is, what is, what was, and what will be. Being, existence, laws of nature, all of it, that which governs over all creation through a scientific lens, we could call it gravity, physics, the laws of physics. Economics, the laws of economics. These things can't be changed because they are what they are. I am that I am. Follow me? This is part of what the thesis is all about. This here, right now, this moment, this is exactly what the thesis is all about. I am that I am. It is what it is. There's some things that we can't change. There's some things that we can't change. So going back to fear, there's some things I can't change. It is what it is. In my heart, I have accepted the, the fact, well, maybe not the fact, but the premise that if it's my time to go, there's nothing I can do to stop it. Now, I don't want to run across the street without looking to maybe extend the possibility of living a little bit longer by my, my personal actions and behavior. But when my time comes, there's nothing I can do to stop it. It is what it is. Thesis. What we're all about here is thinking outside of the box. Now, does that say that I don't have to listen to the scriptures? Does that mean I don't have to go to church? Does that mean all these things about church structure? No, it doesn't. It's, it's, no, it's what makes you comfortable. 
um, family, um, you know, we, when we when people get together at the church on Sundays, family dinners, all these things are important. Community, congregation, all those things are important. On a much broader scale, society scale, um, personal psychological scale. And that's why we do that. But even still outside of our behavior in our communities, in our home, in our churches, there exists this, this natural law that exists around us. And we are a part of it. We are here. We are experiencing it. And our minds are so cluttered sometimes that we can't see these things. Our, let me repeat that again. Our mind is so cluttered sometimes that we can't see these things. Jesus, <clears throat> Jesus gave sight to the blind. What does that mean? Well, let's just let's just go back to what I just said a while ago. Sometimes our minds are, our minds are so cluttered, I can't see what's going on. We can't see it. But if I clear some of that clutter, if I if I fill my mind, if I align with these standards that have existed, if I align myself with the code that allows for order, if I participate willingly in that order, I have a, I have a, a better chance of surviving longer, of living, of living fruitfully, All these things, because I'm a part of the system. I'm letting, I'm aligning myself with the operating system that has been proven to work, that has been proven over thousands of years to work. Patterns of behavior, certain methods. So when we think about love and compassion, charity, the things that that Christ taught and the Buddha. Buddha, I'm not gonna we're not we're not just simply focusing on Christianity at the moment, but since we are Western, we are a Western society, that is one of the bases of our society is 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 Christianity. So that's why I bring up Christianity the most. But the Buddha did the same thing. Trying to get everybody on a particular standard, on the same standard. So humanity continues, society continues. When societies collapse, as we look at the Roman Empire, we notice that people got away from, from the system. From the operating system so the society becomes corrupt leaders become corrupt people become corrupt and society crumbles 
That's why we must have faith in our systems. In systems that have been proven to work for thousands of years. Walking by the fountain, beautiful. That's why we put our faith in God. That's why we put our faith in I am what I am. Right? Um, what? Um, I am that I am. It is what it is. That which is the same today, yesterday, and forevermore. We put our trust in something greater than ourselves. What is greater than me? The system. And I put my faith in that. We can use semantics. We can say, God, I put my, my faith in God. But see, we're breaking things down here at Thesis. We're exploring thoughts here at Thesis. We're exploring what these things mean from a psychological level. From a philosophical level. And you guys out there, I know you guys understand. You are a smart audience. You are a smart audience. And we are working through this together. And we will continue to work through these things together. Because I truly believe that there is a necessity. There is a necessity out, out here for a... How do we, how can we put it? For a, forgive me for the noise. I am walking by some machinery here. One second, sorry. I'm starting to think that there needs to be like a Renaissance, not a renaissance, a uh, reaffirmation. Maybe reaffirmation is something, is the right word. A reaffirmation of what we see as our, as our uh, religious systems or institutions even. We have unlimited available information at our fingertips. And no other time in human history has this much information been available to the common man. For a long time, information was proprietary. Colleges, um, libraries, 
owned and were the um, safekeepers of the information that was proprietary. But now, information is free. And there's no excuse, there's no reason for any of us There is no reason for any of us to not dig. No reason, no excuse. You have the answers in your hand. If you're only willing to do the work. And I understand these are deep, deep subjects. Deep subjects that are, that are, you know, hard to, well, I don't want to say hard to accept. For me, it's pretty easy, but that's me and we're all different. When we look at science and, um, And we look at the theories of uh, evolution, the theory of um, the Big Bang, all these things. If you step back, if you allow yourself some distance and you remove yourself from by stepping back, I mean something like Look at something through a neutral eye, where you put all your belief systems, all your prejudices to a side and look at the facts. And then using logic, you, you see the facts <clears throat> and then you come to a conclusion of said facts. That is a better way of, of looking at things than, than being immersed in it emotionally uh, by letting my emotions, my prejudices get involved in the decision making when I'm looking at some of these issues. Anger and bitterness, those things affect how we behave. They affect our mind and how we treat each other. They affect how we see things. They even kind of blind us. I could be blinded by anger, blinded by rage, right? Blinded by rage, blinded by jealousy. There goes that word again, blind, sight. If, if you remove the bitterness, if, if I'm bitter and I'm angry and I'm jealous and it blinds me, what happens if I remove those things from myself? What happens if I remove the bitterness, the anger, and the jealousy? Well, the opposite. And what is the opposite? Sight. You will have sight. Jesus brings sight to the blind. 
We're exploring the concept, okay? The idea itself. At this moment, we are not, I am not talking about whether Jesus was real, or lie, none of that. Like, that's beside the point. We're looking at, at what the words say, and we're exploring these words. And one of the things that we're doing here, and what, what we cherish here at Thesis, and I personally, is uh, education. And I don't mean that in the sense of, of colleges or school. I mean, that's important, yes. But I mean, learning, education, educating yourself, learning about history, philosophy, all these different things. And, and it seems like the more you learn about many different uh, subjects or disciplines or, or whatever it may be, uh, seems like the more sight we have. As you know, there's a lot of jumbled information in my mind, and sometimes it's hard for me to dig it out <laughs> if I don't have the notes in front of me. But I am going to try my best here. The Buddha in the Dhammapada says, uh, now, there might be particulars that I might be saying it wrong, but something like the enlightened one um, is like a person at the top of the hill looking down upon the city or the town. When you're, when you're elevated high and you look down, like for instance, here, here in Dallas we have the Reunion Tower and different... Uh, you know, even if you're like in a tall building or whatever. But when you're, whenever you're on top of this tall structure and you look down and you can see all the movements from above, all the traffic on the freeway and all the movements, like if, if you were looking at, at ants moving around. Enlightenment is something like that, where you are lifted above somehow. We can, we can, think of it spiritually um, but but when because there's something that I can't quite understand it I mean I can't articulate it too well but that metaphor of being at the top of the hill or the mountain looking down upon the city you can see all much more intricate movements among what's going on down there when you are up here. But if you were to walk back down into the town, now your sight is limited by buildings or roads or trees because now you're at ground level. So you can only, you, your, your vision, um, the amount of, of what you can see um, is shortened because now you have obstructions when you're down in it, down in the town now compared to when you were up on top of the hill looking down. Enlightenment is, is, is something like that. It's like being lifted above and seeing, looking down and being able to see all the intricacies. Some definitely probably in more detail than others, but, but, you can, but it still gives you that extra, extra sight, that extra amount of vision that, that 
that it allows for you when you are up there. Remember, we're speaking metaphorically, but it happens and it's weird. And, and I, I would love for, for others to experience, for others to experience that also, because the world becomes so much more, um, understandable that way, the world around us becomes so much more understandable when you are look when you are up there looking down and by educating ourselves by working on our ourselves and it's not just about education <clears throat> issues personal issues um, bitterness uh, malevolence anger jealousy these type of things affect that lift uh, it, it affects the lifting up of ourselves. So if we want to achieve enlightenment or get closer and closer to enlightenment, we have to purify ourselves. We have to purify our behavior. We have to set our standards higher within ourselves. We have to purge ourselves of the bad parts thoughts, thought processes, um, behaviors, those, those things. Um, we have to purge ourselves. That's, that's part of what we're doing here. We're not only, we're not only having discussions about these very interesting topics. And I hope you think they are interesting because they are very interesting to me. And I hope you feel the same way. But we're not only talking about interesting topics and, 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 uh, and learning and education. We are also want to better ourselves. I've talked about fitness here, not as much um, uh, as I normally do, let's say, outside of this podcast, because fitness is huge. It's a huge part of my life. But that's what we want to do. We want to have mental fitness, spiritual fitness, physical fitness. Why do we want to have those things? Why? Well, because we, we stand a better chance of success and survival in the world that we live in. And along the way, we're going to learn so much, so many things, not just about the world around us, but about ourselves, our strengths, our weaknesses, and maybe you know, what I need to work on. Maybe it'll reveal itself. It will reveal itself if we are honest with ourselves and we ask ourselves the question. If I ask myself, Chema, what is, what is it that I can do better? What is it that I can do better? And I have to look and listen inward. And if I'm being honest, I'll hear the truth. And that's what it's all about here at Thesis. Because everything is everything. These things that we were talking about earlier, the reason I decided to call this podcast Everything is Everything, as as I was kind of getting into what God is, I am that I am. I am what is, what was, and what will be. Everything. Everything is everything. 
Well, it sounds good to me, at least. <laughs> but that's that's the uh, thought process behind it. Do what you have to do in your life. Take positive steps. Take positive steps in your life to better yourself. Not just for your own benefit, which is good, but for the benefits of the people around you, your family, your circle of influence. So you can be the absolute best person you can be. That's what we're, that's what we strive for, at least. We're going to try. We have to try at least to be better than who we are today. Improvement, self-improvement. Little by little. We can get there. And we're going to get there together. We're going to continue to explore these ideas. We're going to continue to talk about important topics. Um, important. Well, <laughs> so, you know, we don't get into... We don't get into partisan politics here. Uh, at some point, we might eventually will. But I am planning to have a guy on, a, a friend of the show, who has some experience in a presidential campaign. Um, I, spoke, I spoke with him. And um, we are trying to arrange a date uh, where we could put uh, a show together. And uh, this will not be a partisan show. Uh, it's not going to be... Um, well, well, hopefully it won't get out of hand, but we're, it's not going to be a partisan, partisan show. We're go I want to look, I have questions for him about the intricacies behind the presidential campaign, an official presidential campaign. Now, uh, some of you who know me personally know this, others not, my listeners. I haven't mentioned this before, but I was involved in a grassroots uh, campaign also during the... Uh, 2016 presidential race and it's fun and you meet interesting people um, and we're going to delve into the systems uh, of what it takes uh, to run a campaign now our the friend of our show he wasn't a campaign manager but he but he belonged to a campaign so we're going to get into some of those things maybe some behind the scenes of what goes on uh, some interesting stories um, of the Iowa caucus, and there's a lot there. And it it was it. I just want to say it was a great time. I had a great time uh, doing it, and I would do it again. And uh, we're gonna get into some of those things uh, so we can understand, uh, have a little better insight into what goes on behind the scenes. Uh, also, I am putting together a show uh, about Sun Tzu's The Art of War. Some of you might be familiar with it. Some of you might not be. So in preparation, if you would like to kind of jump ahead, uh, they have the audiobook on YouTube. Uh, so if you could find one, listen to it. It's, uh, it's not that long. I believe it's maybe a couple hours long, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and we're going to get into some of those things. And we're going to look at how even in the art of war... We see a lot of this uh, transition, um, uh, not transition, where where what what where what Sun Tzu teaches or describes translates metaphorically, but also translates into the world of business, uh, 
And it also translates, uh, of course, in, into war because that was his idea. But these ideas um, work across the spectrum, um, uh, not just in war, in business, um, in health, and in inner battles that are happening within you. It's an amazing book. I recommend it highly. And if you want to jump ahead of that show, please feel free. Sun Tzu, S-U-N-T-Z-U, The Art of War. Check it out. Get prepared. Uh, I want to thank you. I think we did a pretty decent job today of, of breaking down a little bit of some of my ideas of the thesis. Uh, and as we go along and these, these ideas jump out at me, you will hear me say thesis. Uh, and that's, that's, so when you hear me say thesis, perk up, <laughs> like pay attention because <laughs> that's when we're touching on some of those, those issues, those, some of those ideas or issues uh, that what this show is about. Okay. All right, guys. I and had a great time as always. I want to thank you for listening. Um, tell your friends. If you like what you hear, tell your friends. If you um, subscribe, please, if you feel the need to, um, give us a good review, four-star rating. Tell your friends about it. Uh, check often. I would like to try to be able to put up a show every day. Uh, society has been hectic lately, uh, trying to juggle Corona lockdowns and, uh, essential and non-essential workers and running, uh, the small business and working, um, has put a strain a little bit on my time. I'm a runner also, and my running season has begun, but I can manage it. So please check in often to see, uh, any new content. And I thank you very much. Thank you for listening. Thank you for joining us. And we will see you soon. This is Thesis with your host, Jay Marie.